Hello, everybody, and welcome to 25 Pearls of Wisdom of a 25-year-old teenager. That's me. (laughs) This year, I turned 25, and I put together a little list of things that I've learned this year and all throughout my 20s so far, and I I wanted to share them today because I remember when I was probably like 16 or 17, I was scrolling on my Tumblr dashboard and I found this like massive list of like advice from like an 80 year old lady or something. And I remember that reading it somewhat changed my life. I think that was the moment when I realized that we all age and that I was going to age at some point and reading some of the things that were in there from like really basic things to more complex and more um, existential things was kind of life-changing in a way you know like there were things that I resonated with there were things that I did not really and that just made me reflect and think of my very own list of learnings that I had made so far back then and things that I was still not sure or not aware of and that I probably wanted to have an opinion around and yeah I yeah I I love reading people's like I don't know there 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 was like this little trend of like people sharing like their own you know like lessons each year like epiphanies or you know I think that just really um also functions as like a mirror to whoever's reading or listening just as for the person who's sharing. So yeah, today I'm sharing mine. Um, This year happens to be probably the toughest year I've ever faced in my 25 years alive. But also it's composed of many, many beautiful moments full of learning and enlightenment and connection and it was kind of really nicely balanced and now that it's coming to an end I can see these things that I wrote down during the summer when I turned 25 and they kind of make more sense even more sense to me now so it varies from things that I do every day or that I've found really useful to my routine to my life to deeper things that have enhanced my well-being and my mental health and my um my circle, my connections with others. So it's kind of like all over the place. Here and there, there's a few really intuitive things that you might have thought of when you were five years old. But you know, it's part of my list. And so this is just me sharing it. I really hope that in some way or another, it speaks to you. If it doesn't, I think it's even better so that you kind of come up with your own list of things or values um or philosophy that actually does work for you I think that's really valuable finding some differences somewhere and realizing that you actually think a different way and and that you're so unique so so yeah let's get started shall we I'm gonna give a little bit of the backstory of how this list came to be and how it sort of became a little essay that I wrote that I published on my Medium, everybody, if you have Medium, please do follow me. But anyway, I, during the summer, I turned 25, I'm a cancer, I'm emotional as fuck, I cry for everything. So, you know, like, 
there's always mixed feelings before my birthday always mixed feelings so back in the summer I was still living in Paris and I was on my way to get some of my daily coffee okay I I would go to this coffee place every day because they would let me use my student discount and I would get cheaper coffee for my nine hour days at the library (laughs) so I remember going to this cafe and it was already really warm and sunny and beautiful and the girl who was working there on her shift I would see her like three times a week so we would already kind of like talk a little bit and you know catch up and whatever we could and so she was like hey like what are you doing for the summer like am I gonna see you again after today like what's going on and I was like I'm just not really sure I might go traveling or do something Anyway, I ended up just telling her that my birthday was like around the corner and she just gave me this like pack of four ice lattes, two matcha lattes and two iced coffees. And she was just like, oh, like take them for free. It's fine. It's your birthday. And I was like, this is so kind. I love this. And so I was going to meet up with my friend at the park. And as I was walking with my coffees in one hand and my phone, in my bag, trying to balance my life, I was kind of like in this rush of like gratitude and like emotion and like there was something really weird going on inside of me besides of course the caffeine (laughs) and so I remember that I had these feelings and I was just kind of like thinking like oh my goodness I'm just gonna be 25 once you know like all of these like cheesy lines that come with like birthdays as in like you're just gonna be young once and shit like that so I was just like walking and I was looking around me and I was like, this is such a beautiful moment because it just feels enough and it feels great and it does not feel scary in the way that I think of when I think of getting older, you know what I mean? And so this, for some reason, like this list of things and epiphanies and reflections that I've had this year so far started kind of hitting me and to a point where it felt necessary to write them down. So as I was balancing everything with one hand, I took my phone on the other and I was typing in this list of 25 epiphanies, now called, now titled 25 Pearls of Wisdom. So this is what I'm bringing for, for you today. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoy. Okay, let's go for the first one. And Our first lesson is travel light as much as possible. This might sound a little bit hypocritical coming from me because my friends who have seen me move around this year just know that I have no small baggage on me wherever I've moved. Um, This year I lived in three continents, three different countries and I moved, I had two really big moves from like a country to another. Um... I had two semi-permanent homes so like literally just like had to end two leases under my name and yeah it was kind of like a big move and so well some big moves and um and yeah so my friends who have helped me who I'm eternally grateful for um they know that this is kind of hypocritical of me to say however I mean emotionally travel light as much as possible and I think yeah that applies emotionally as well I realized this year as I was moving 
all of my stuff and myself and my connection to a place, my memories, my attachments, that it is quite extraordinary realizing that we can release things, experiences, emotions, and as much as we allow ourselves to do this, we will just have a better quality of life and emotional well-being. I think letting go of things that have hurt us, things that have been just really tough to digest and yeah just things that are honestly weighting us down it's easier it's like way easier to say this but it's truly been life-changing for me because to an extent I think that we have the choice to nurture bonds nurture people relationships habits that you know that we are carrying throughout life through life and so I think that the moment that we realize that we also have emotional baggage that we have that we may have a very abundant baggage that of things that we're choosing that's when we can deliberately let go release things and then acquire some others that might be of better use to us so that was a really big learning that I did this year as I um as I traveled physically and realized um the impact of physical and emotional baggage second we have something that i learned the hard way the really tough way and it took me a while to understand however the more that i denied it and the more that i was um attached to maybe a different outcome the harder it became to not see this so this is there will never be or there will not always never say never but there will not there will not always be the ending that we want or need however we deserve to give ourselves an a closure we deserve to release something even if the other side the other person the other circumstance does not seem to give us some f- sort of goodbye some sort of feeling that it's over I think this is quite common in relationships when we feel like from one side it's over but the other side it's still either attached or the other person is maybe not giving us the words that we need to feel at peace with this ending or with this closure Um, and at least in my case it happens to me that I'm usually like quite kind of like the hopeless uh, romantic thinking of like, oh, maybe someday I will receive, you know, like a text saying the things that, you know, they should have said, or maybe I'm gonna, maybe someday it's gonna happen, you know, but I realized that maybe we should not believe that. It's just not ideal, especially if we do want to travel light in life (laughs) with our emotional baggage so I think we can create those closures that give us peace those closures where we release um, emotions that are weighting us down or pain and grief or gratitude or joy even if the other side the other person is not really willing to or is not putting any anything from that side so I think there's various ways of releasing and you know letting go and whatever um some people write some some people write letters and burn them like some people talk to an empty chair visualizing the person I don't know whatever you do I just think that 
yeah, that sometimes we need to create our own closures and be at peace with them because if we just keep waiting for the other party to tell us everything we need to hear to be at peace, we might wait a very long time and it's not worth it. We deserve to feel at peace and we deserve closures as hard as as hard as that could be. We deserve them. We, number three, resentment weights us down. We deserve to live without it. This is so obvious as well. It's There's a saying that stuck with me and it, and it says, resentment, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> and that's something that I've also realized that if we're able to, we should not carry, we should release. And it's definitely something that we should work towards. And I think it's a practice that we get better at we cultivate every day and it's very much worth um investing time and energy doing because um resentment just like sticks and then grows and then affects us affects our other relationships and and it just does not really have a purpose in our lives i think once we realize where it's coming from and its role and everything else so resentment does not actually help us in any way. Number four, you are your home. If you're an OG to this podcast, you know that that's the very first episode of this podcast. And that's something that I've lived by since I'm very young and I moved overseas. And my concept of home changed. It's still something that changes every so often and I have to revisit and understand and and be flexible with especially when there's so much expectancy when you're young when you're a woman when you're in your 20s you know like there's so much there's different expectations personally socially culturally so this is this is a concept that I have that I constantly look that I constantly look at and try to understand what 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 makes it up and what conforms it and so to an extent I think that we are our own homes because wherever we are we have this capacity of creating a home creating a safe space for us creating an atmosphere or finding an atmosphere where we feel this warmth where we feel held and seen and loved um, no matter where we are um, I've experienced that you know without family in the same place without friends in the same place restarting my life so many times I have discovered that we in fact cultivate a home where we are however on the other hand my most recent discovery has been that what's around us is also our home and I'm not speaking of like a home like a physical structure I'm speaking of the people around us the community who we see every day is our home and to an extent we also have the choice of who we're letting in to our lives you know we are choosing and we're nurturing those connections and from there we can reflect how that makes us feel if that actually does feel safe like a home or if that feels a little bit more threatening or if that feels just kind of like the opposite feeling of a home you know I think that's a very great great point to reflect on what home feels like and if the people around me or the circles that I'm in do feel like a home as well number five document your youth in some way or another even if it's just for yourself 
this came from the list that I saw on Tumblr when I was younger. And it's something that I, it's part of my life philosophy, I think. Um, I'm just so passionate by storytelling and images and, you know, just kind of like, yeah, um, creating art and uh, sharing feelings, emotions, different eras through work, through visual work that I have very much enjoyed uh, having like keeping track of everything that's happened in my 20s and before then you know like taking photos and 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 filming things and writing and doing you know and paintings and things like that has just been incredible and also very healing I have really enjoyed looking back at those times and having some like physical material just like things that I can work with and see where I was at and um, and that has enabled me to reconnect to parts of myself that I had forgotten about or that otherwise would be really hard to access. So I think that if you do it for social media, that's cool. If you do it for yourself, that's even better. Whatever that looks like for you, definitely I would encourage you to document your life in some way or another. If you don't want to share it, that's perfect. Uh, if you want to share it, that's also cool. You know, whatever you choose do it for yourself and for your future self as well. I think it will be really fun to look fun slash sad, nostalgic to to look back at moments in life where you will maybe learn things, um, see, you know, see yourself through kinder eyes. I don't know. It's just been amazing for me documenting everything. And yeah, it's something that I definitely live by and I really enjoy. So I encourage you to take those photos. Number six, host dinners with your loved ones, even if that circle changes. One of my favorite things on earth is cooking and sharing food with people. I, um, yeah, 2021, 2022 were years of sharing and connecting with so many different people. And I went from like one social circle to another. So there were many different like social bubbles that I participated in <laughs> that I was part of. Um, and then I would move on to another one and to another one. So I really enjoyed having moments where we would just have dinners. It, it sounds really kind of weird, but having potlucks became my passion. And it was always really nice, like a perfect excuse, just, you know, getting together and having some food and, and having some drinks and having a great time with whoever that is you know I just probably one of the things that I found in, that I saw in common between my social circles was the fact that I had some really nice dinners with each one of those circles so having some moments to share um with your loved ones even if that circle changes um I think that's really cool in my experience, um, my passion is potlucks. It's just something that I cannot even describe. It's wonderful. I adore them. Moving on, uh, number seven, eat more whole foods. I am no dietitian. I'm no one to say this, but at the same time, I am. So eating more whole foods just makes your life better if you have access to them. Um, they should not be 
you know, I don't think that I don't I just hate the fact that we think when we think of like healthy food and like good food, we think of really expensive things. And unfortunately, that happens sometimes in some, you know, in some countries and some stores. I don't know. I think it really depends of like the place and each person's possibilities to acquire products, fresh produce. But um, but I think it should not be a luxury. And sometimes eating whole foods is could be more um more accessible than relying on uh highly processed foods and so eating whole foods during my 20s like kind of like making it a value like a core value became something really important for me because I had never felt healthier in my life and um and yeah I started consuming local things and more uh fresh ingredients and I truly feel like my quality of life improved and changed and um I feel just with more energy and I feel um even like my personal economies are better just because I don't spend as much money buying products um so yeah eating more whole foods is really great to an ex- like w- however you can access them if you can um whole foods are really great for you number eight learn the names of those who make your coffee or work at the store you go to etc kind of like know the people in your community know who you see every day even if it's you know people that you see on the street on the store um at the cafe you know at the gate um this to me I think I learned this from my mom she always told me to call people by their names and to whenever they would say hi to me you know using my name I should also use their name you know like she was just like that's such like a like a that's like just really nice and that's like really not just polite but that just makes it kind of I don't know just like nicer and more personal and I do agree I think especially now where we barely look at each other in the eye having some sort of um even if it's superficial, but some sort of connection with the other person, you know, knowing their name and saying hi to them and establishing some sort of uh, relationship with those people in your community just inherently makes you feel more grounded and more connected to that space, um, to, you know, to that city or to that area. So that's something that I've definitely experienced wherever I am. Uh, This year that I moved back to a country where I had not been in in a long time and you know I started going to like my favorite places and I started and I kind of like became like um the customer that was there like every day or you know like every week on a on a really regular basis um it was just yeah I just felt way better and I think it made it so much easier for me to adapt somewhere where I would know people's names and you know they would call me by their name and by the by my name and even if you know I probably initially like before I had friends people at the restaurants or at the cafes they would already know my name you know what I mean like I would know theirs they would know mine those were my first conversations with with you know with human beings where I in places where I did not know anybody. So I think that makes things, that makes daily life just more enjoyable. And um, having connections like that is is really important, I think. Um, yeah, number nine. Um, take the sun when you can. 
as much as you can and enjoy it. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> pretty intuitive. Sun's great for us. And if we live in places where the sun does not come out 30, 365 days a year, um, then we might appreciate sun more than people who do have sun all year long. That's something that happened to me. I grew up in the sun and then I moved I moved to different places where there was no sun um, in some seasons during the year, long periods of time. So now I appreciate sun so much and I feel like when there's sun out, it kind of dictates how your day is going to go in a weird way. Um, and so kind of like having moments of more intentional moments outside, you know, like while the sun's out or you know, just kind of like enjoying something as simple as sunlight really did make my life better. So taking the sun's really good for you. And if you can't take the sun, then have some vitamin D. It's also really great. And most of us have deficiency. So um, <laughs> taking the sun when we can is really good. Number 10, walk as much as you can. Make walking a consistent habit. Um, also pretty self-explanatory. Walking's really great for you. I think that in places like in North America where we're mostly used to driving, walking might look even like something impossible or luxury or something that not everybody has the time to do. Um, however, wherever you are, if you have the, the space and the time to walk, it is just really good. I've really been lucky be living in places where it's pretty walkable and walking everywhere or walking as much as I can has really also made my life better. It feels like some intentional time to just like rewind and move my body and um, have some activity in like some physical activity because some some days I just realized that if I did not walk the dog or if I did not walk to the store I would not be doing anything else um, physically so I think walking actually it's really good to maintain mental health and yeah and our lungs pretty healthy so walking if we can definitely let's feed it and make make it a habit number what number is it number 11 is it number 11 number 10 number 11 um number 11 I started saying thank you to my vegetables before <laughs> eating them um I started being very very grateful to genuinely just like the land <laughs> for giving me food and to nature and um whatever's out there in the natural world um I think I started becoming more aware of where things were coming from um especially my food so I remember that when we would uh, make dinners and stuff in my house we would always kind of like say thank you to all the journey that brought the that food to me and like the land and like everything that came to play to make the food in front of me so it, it definitely does sound pretty hippie but um but it kind of became something that I started doing especially like just gratitude I think that just comes down to feeling grateful and and being gra grateful for yeah for the food that's in front of us um and especially that that becomes easier being grateful when you visualize everything like the like the journey that the food has gone through to to be in front of you so so yeah saying thank you to mother earth for food why not number 12 if you can cook instead of buying 
cook. <laughs> Do it. Cook. Um, cooking is a great part of my life. I is one of my big loves. I love cooking, and again, it's I've, I I see it as a means of connecting with people and of feeding ourselves, feel, feeding our bodies, fe- feeding our. Um, I think it goes deeper than that, actually. You know, uh, feeding our desires, our emotional bodies. You know, I think cooking is so much fun, and cooking could save you also so much money not everybody has the time to cook but if you do um it's just really fun and it's really great so cooking definitely something that we should all at some point um connect with and also kind of like keeping track I think this is at some point is another another lesson sort of thing but um having like your core recipes like things that you can kind of like cook and recreate wherever you are also gives you like that sense of like home and 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 comfort that's something that's definitely really helps me kind of like through cooking recreating moments and yeah moments in time and 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 feelings so cooking I I find I find it as a very profound activity and pleasure um, number 13, learn the stories of those who are older than you. If it's your family members or your ancestors, even better. Um, I think this is something that I learned from uh, the Maori culture, the indigenous culture in um, Aotearoa, New Zealand, which is kind of, which is knowing about your ancestors, about people who were uh, here before you. And I don't think we grow up, at least in North America, we don't really grow up with that concept. In Mexico, a little bit, I feel with like Day of the Dead, for example, we have, mem- we honor memory and we have, um, we're aware of who our grandparents and, and uncles and aunties were. But um, But I feel like in the West, we do lack that sense of belonging to a wider community, to like a wider social, um, social body. So I think that we should be curious and we should foster these, like connecting to to those stories of those who were here before us, of those who are older than us. You know, I think the we, I think stories just bridge knowledge and experience and, you know, many wonderful things from the past into our present. So and then from our present to our future. So I, I, I do think that there's so much power in stories and everybody, absolutely everybody has incredible stories that can nurture us and can make us reflect and can, you know, open our minds and just be of use in some way or another. Number 14, it's the one that I said maybe a couple, a couple of ones ago and it's learning or having some sort of recipe repertoire it's knowing or having some sort of like recipe repertoire of what brings you comfort brings you to places of joy happiness light um so that you can recreate wherever you are as easy as that number 15 learn a foreign language if it's in your possibilities this is honestly something that i will always say changed my life forever and did also changed how my brain works and how I see the world and it truly did just kind of really alter my state of mind and something that I'm 
extremely grateful for and I think everybody should every, everybody can benefit from learning a new language and everybody should do it at some point in their lives I really wish it was more accessible to everybody but I think that it's something that we all can do it really makes me it bums me out so much when I hear someone saying that you know they suck at languages or that they were never able to enjoy languages at school or whatever and sometimes it's very out of our control especially when the school system's involved and that sometimes leaves the impression leaves people with the impress some people that with the impression that they're just not good at it and that it's not their thing when in reality I think we all have the ability to to learn things and to learn a new language so I would definitely encourage whoever's listening if you have the time and space to do so even if you sucked at school, even if you, even if they told you that you sounded awful and, you know, whatever, I definitely think you should give it a go at least one time in your life. Um, definitely so worth it. And it's honestly so amazing, you know, it's like genuinely building new connections in your brain and like you start thinking differently and then you start kind of like questioning so much of the things that you know in your own language and then you realize that it's actually culture, not your own thoughts. It's a super interesting process. So learning a new language is a very humbling experience and very um just yeah, very satisfying. <laughs> Number 16, um, if you can tip somebody, do it, especially if the person is young or old, <laughs> older, older. Um, I mean, in some countries, you don't really need to tip because the wages are kind of um, slightly better or, you know, they can get by without tips. However, there's other places where tips are required and tips are definitely very much needed. So me having worked and those of us who have worked um, hospitality jobs or working class jobs or any sort of job that just, you know, um, gets you by to pay your bills and that's it. Um, Yeah, it's just really when you're young, especially and you're a little bit more vulnerable and, you know, you're a student or, you know, you're whatever. At least me as a student, I always appreciate it so much when somebody gave me a tip and um and yeah it's definitely something that um that older people also do experience because they're also vulnerable more vulnerable some of them I make sure that if I can fits in my possibility I tip just because I know I can kind of understand how it's like and yeah how we actually need to be better to do better with our working policies Anyway, 17, if you lock eyes with a stranger, try to hold the gaze. This is something that I am still working on and I'm pretty sure it's definitely going to transcend my 2023 learning list just because it's something that I'm still working on and I do need to remind myself of every single day. I started noticing with myself that I and with everybody I guess but with myself that whenever I would lock eyes with somebody I would just like immediately look away and like immediately like avoid that moment of connection or contact you know and I think it's been it's become way easier to avoid those things and to like and to maintain ourselves fully disconnected from connecting with others 
you know, while we're walking, when we're at the supermarket, when we're out in the world. We should not lose that um, instinct to connect with others or we should not lose that capacity of just, you know, locking eyes with a stranger and I don't know, I just wonder, I'm like, what 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 are we so scared of? You know, like I I was thinking, I was like, why am I so like why do I shy away? Like why am I not able to do that? And then when somebody locks eyes with me and they just kind of like smile at me or, you know, hold the gaze the gaze a little bit longer, I'm just kind of like, Wow, this is amazing. Like it feels really good and it's just even if I'm having like the worst day ever and I'm feeling ridiculously bad and then that happens to me it just boosts me and it just kind of gives me this like sense of oh wow yeah like I'm actually part of something or of of something else or somebody looked at me like somebody acknowledged my existence you know I think it's it's a pretty profound thing that we should not lose just because we shy away or we feel like we're not used to it anymore so I think that if we can we should enhance that and a learning that one of my friends um shared with me a couple of years ago when you look at somebody in the eyes you just in your mind wish them the best like just like that you know you you look at somebody in the eyes and you consciously kind of like bring your awareness in and you wish them the best that became something so life-changing for me because it kind of became a really powerful um a powerful way to be intentional about th- those moments of very raw and real connection and that immediately just made me look at people um I feel like it just made me more tolerant like it just reminded me that we're all people and that um and that yeah that we all have dreams and aspirations and we all struggle and we all want to feel good and and happy and, and loved and wishing that upon somebody even if it's in your mind that does really feel very expansive so yeah <laughs> that's my reflection on that still working on it because I it just still terrifies me locking eyes with people and not looking away number 18 travel with a backpack at least once in your life connecting to the first point where people will say oh my goodness Barbara you're so hypercritical how dare you well let me tell you that I have traveled with a backpack and it's so liberating and it's amazing so if you ever have the opportunity to I would definitely recommend it um I traveled last time I traveled with a backpack only was this summer I took some holidays just by myself and I usually I love bringing like I love having stuff I really do I I I don't feel like I I have excessive things that I don't use I feel like I'm very intentional with my things as well I don't own a few things I'm going to say because I do love my stuff I don't know I just kind of like have a lot of like attachment to some things like books and notebooks and like you know just like kind of memories of other places whatever I don't know anyway but the thing is traveling with a backpack kind of like enabled me to connect to essentialism to the things that actually do serve me and the things that I do need rather than what I need slash no sorry rather than what I just want you know what I mean like it was just like those things that I need and so I feel by that by having less things there was less distraction therefore there was more time to enjoy like more energy and attention for what was happening what I was living um 
Yeah. And so it was really great. It was really amazing. So traveling with a backpack is pretty life changing. If you've never done it, definitely suggest it. I suggest it. And if you've done it, well, you might understand me or you might just be like, I don't like it. It's not for me. And that's also valid. Number 19, write letters. Yeah, this summer I enjoyed so much sitting in cafes and buying postcards and writing postcards to my friends all over and my family and just writing little pieces of just like little lines, you know, about my day or about whatever and just send them. And then I would my friends would text me and be like, oh, my goodness, I just received your letter. That's so cute. Da, da, da. You know, that that's just really nice. And ironically, everybody, OK, I've never Well, I have received some letters in my life, but not as many as I've sent. And I do want people to keep sending letters and to like make, I don't know if like make it a thing, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I I enjoy letters and I think we should not let them go. Number 20, if it's not there, life will keep showing you that it is not there in one way or another. Number 20, if it's not there. Number 20, if it's not there and we don't acknowledge it, life will keep showing us until we decide to move. Um, something I also learned the very hard way and I've been kind of carrying along for for a while now, yeah. And until the moment that I decided to stop and actually just look at the facts and look at the signs and you know, uh, trust life, I guess, with its criteria. (laughs) Um, I think that when, that many times we ignore our intuition or we ignore our gut feelings and sometimes we do kind of know when we're not supposed to be there or we kind of know when it's time to go. We should, like, we know when it's time to go, but sometimes we don't listen or we just want to stay there or there's attachment sometimes like situations will keep getting more intense and like things and feelings will just keep increasing until the point where we feel like it's impossible to be there anymore or it's unbearable or it's agony you know and until that point where we'll get to see that and actually hopefully move and or leave or you know, choose something different. So I think that when we see the signs, we should just listen to them and tag along just because otherwise things will just keep getting worse until we realize that it's actually not there, you know. Number 21, find out where the things that you consume come from. Um, This comes a lot from the side of the kind of like the question of this kind of comes from like the principle of or the question the questioning of like is there some sort of ethical form of consumption many would say that it's kind of like an oxymoron saying like ethical business or ethical you know um yeah ethical business making or whatever I just think that um if we kind of like reflect where the things that we consume come from, we could, I mean, we have a choice as consumers, you know, whatever we like it or not, whatever people say, you know, there's always going to be people that will say that that does not matter. That does not make a difference. But I do believe that consumers have a choice and the market determines 
to an extent what is given to us you know like they do make sure that there's things that there's consumers for you know for like a philosophy for like a trend for everything so um looking at like some movements gaining more presence there's things like there's products there's businesses there's you know initiatives with like values like kind of like more value-based things and they're kind of like responding to those needs to those necessities you know of something a little bit more honest a little bit more transparent a little bit just better no so i do think that we should instigate where the things that we consume are coming from you know many many times just because we don't know better we are um yeah we are supporting certain businesses or certain initiatives that are maybe not that good on the other side so if it's in our possibilities to support other forms of um of sourcing goods of making business i think we should if it's in our hands um and i'm saying this just from a perspective of me coming from a country where there's a lot of exploitation of like foreign um enterprises you know like um primary how do you call those like primary goods um (laughs) anyway I don't know just like it kind of makes my blood boil just thinking of like all of that happening and just because people don't know about it or like they don't really even instigate on you know what that is we just keep supporting that whereas if we know we at least have the choice in our own way in our own dimension we can do something about it I don't know I don't know I'm not willing to sort this out but I think it's to me personally it's really changed my way of consuming just knowing where things are from because even if I know that I could not um that I could not afford buying everything sustainably or everything ethically sourced or everything B Corp certified at least you know I the way in which I consume changes you know I don't do it as mindlessly as I would have if I can I do source from different places you know like I would rather support local businesses or my friend or my neighbor doing something rather than going to Walmart and buying it for for I don't know like eight times less you know moving on (laughs) consuming cinema especially foreign cinema has opened the doors to me in many ways that's kind of like a very first person reflection um cinema has been amazing this is very film student of me to say or should I say film graduate but consuming cinema it's truly amazing it's truly eye-opening there's this platform that I adore it's called Mubi M-U-B-I and it's full of foreign like beautiful foreign cinema all the like many of the movies that go to film festivals that we see and then we never see anywhere else again like they don't have them anywhere else so consuming that kind of cinema could be quite depressing you know like there's some art house cinema you know is kind of you know known for portraying stories that are fully the the full-on opposite of like entertainment blockbuster mainstream media but I think it's so eye-opening and it's so educational and it's such 
it's a means of knowledge and if it's available to us I think we should look at cinema also from that perspective so in my case it's just been such an eye-opening amazing medium to learn from so (laughs) cinema it's so amazing yeah I, I just love cinema and it's really been great in my life moving on moving on number 23 which I also learned the very hard way is silence also is an answer silence can also be as loud as noise it also is a space of learning and peace um biggest one I would say is that silence is an answer I think that um I think that we kind of look at silence as like this like entity with like of emptiness in a way um but I do think that and that silence is an answer whether that's from whether you know that involves like somebody like a in a, in a relationship like a significant other or a conflict or you know like a friendship uh situation going on but that also applies to life like to life opportunities to things that are not happening to uh places of like more um of like yeah of like less noise of simply silence you know what I mean like I think that also is an answer and we must not look at it like a zero we must look at it like a different space that also offers an answer I don't know if that makes any sense but in my mind it does I think that after I learned this from uh ending a relationship where I did not like it just took me so long to get out of there because I would not see silence as anything like I looked at it as like a whatever you know but then I was like um I think I think silence does really play a huge part and I should acknowledge that so so yeah silence is also an answer number 24 we should validate ourselves first we need to show up and talk about ourselves in any way that we choose to and we uh and we each define rather than waiting for somebody else to define us or what we do or how we are like I think this comes very hand in hand with like the imposter syndrome with being a woman in society with um, being an artist and kind of waiting for that validation or kind of waiting for that um, amount of money to make until you call yourself an artist I don't really know I think that comes from there and I've learned and I've learned also the really tough way that nobody is probably gonna get I mean some people do live like this and that's amazing so lucky but like many of us will just not get the recognition that we deserve or we want externally and that does not mean that we should not give it to us by ourselves you know what I mean like I think that the moment where I realized this and I was like why am I waiting for somebody to you know um look at how talented I am or like the effort that I'm putting in or like how smart I am or you know whatever whatever good thing there was about me you know I was like why am I waiting for that moment like I can just you know like I can look at myself through my own eyes and talk about myself through my own perspective rather than allowing others to enforce a narrative or enforce characteristics or enforce um something onto me you know what I mean so I noticed at the moment where I started choosing the way that I was presenting myself like showing up in the world and and talking about myself and when I was validating myself and my work 
that's when people started kind of like following like falling into that as well you know what I mean like they were kind of like following that path because you kind of give them no option you know what I mean it's like somebody somebody can look at you and like can say whatever they want and that's their own projections right like somebody's externalizing what they see in themselves through you or their own thoughts or own opinions and we will never be fully free of that there's always gonna be that however that is not the way that we should define ourselves you know at the end of the day we are the ones who know um about us about our work about who we are um everything around those lines and I think that um that when people see that you do know um and that you do validate yourself and that you um do live under your own terms that's when um people who respect you or who care for you or just anyone really who is not a dick and is not saying whatever projection they have those good people will just kind of follow follow along and be like okay like I'm not gonna question what you're saying about yourself because you do know who you are you know what I mean like you call you are an artist because you make art and you call yourself an artist and that makes you an artist you know what I mean so I think that as women, especially, we mostly wait for somebody to um, say that we are good enough or validate what we do. But in fact, we need to um, give ourselves merit for that first so that people can actually see that we do respect ourselves in that manner. And um, yeah, they just kind of like go through that path as well. You know, like we need to make that to build that um uh that kind of like base by ourselves so that people when they're they, when they come around they do know where where to step sort of at least that's how I've seen it and how it's truly worked for me and how it's made me feel better lastly number 25 is probably the biggest learning that I've made during my 20s and something that I've lived and it's been deeply healing and kind of contradicts a lot of what I learned when I was younger about love and about self-love and acceptance and that is the lesson not what I learned that is we deserve love and feeling enough even if we're going through a moment where we feel like we do not deserve it or where we cannot give it to ourselves so I remember when I was growing up, I my mom would tell me things like, if you don't love yourself, how do you expect others to love you? Which, to an extent, it does have a lot of wisdom. It's a, it's a statement that does have, it, it does make sense, right? There were moments when I was just not able to look at myself through kind eyes, like when I was not able to love myself and I was just really struggling with like, I don't know, like self-image or confidence or, you know, whatever, like growing up during teenage, it's really hard sometimes to like yourself, you know, when you're a, a young adult, it's also really hard sometimes after a breakup, you know, there's just moments when you just can't really fulfill those um, requirements to love yourself. And w- when I was going through that, I was just like, I don't deserve love. Like I I'm not deserving of love and that's my fault or you know like my responsibility because I'm not giving it to me but then I I I started um I think that when people around me really beautiful and caring people um noticed that I was like struggling like they started giving me love and like they would give me love and be so kind to me and through that external 
kind of like a source of love and light it kind of became something that I was internalizing and it was kind of like a like a way of like feeding or nurturing like a little plant that (laughs) that was just dry and then you know and um I think I learned that way that even if we like we're always deserving of love you know like it is super important to have your own like you as your own source of love but also if you don't feel like you if you don't feel like you can give yourself some love you still deserve it and you will still find it outside because people um will understand and people loving people will um will just be loving to you you know like I think and I'm like if somebody like one of my friends or honestly anybody who's like struggling I mean I would definitely just like be kind to them and like if I can do something to help I I would you know what I mean I think sometimes we're really harsh on ourselves and we forget that people actually do know sometimes what we're going through and do understand that and we all are humans and share uh, similar experiences and loving people will love us regardless you know and sometimes if that love and light does not come from ourselves it does come from the outside and that remind us and that reminds us that we are loving and that we deserve love and we're lovable you know so that's something that I have learned to let into my life to accept to embrace and to live by and be very grateful for every single day I'm so grateful for those people who gave me that nurturing when I did not have it and who were who served some sort of role as as a nurturing home when I could not be my home where I was just like really really struggling and that reminded me of of the kindness in the world and the light in I'm so sorry for the dogs on the back I'm so sorry just I don't know where they would just like start going crazy but yes these are my 25 pearls of wisdom of my 25 year old life um I really hope you enjoyed if you did um make sure you share this episode um make sure you rate the podcast and if you want to talk to me message me on instagram at bimbarella and at amora podcast i really hope you have a wonderful rest of your day of your evening um of the month and i'll see you talk to you on the next episode take care